Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. It's going to be a question and answer session that follow my talk about power leveling. I'm going to give a little bit more player intentionality, remove some of the RNG, not all of it, but some of the RNG to help players who may be engaged with the game at a little bit lower intervals to have a little bit more intentionality and movement in their leveling. Bad luck can really, really hurt uh, in the current uh, setup and system. And they have made some changes in the patch notes, so we did see uh, a change made to the lower end of powerful engrams that should help a little bit. If you've got questions, submit them now with the exclamation point question command. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, uh, or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. So let's take the first question from Elliot Bull. Oh gosh, I need to put up a barrier. Any scout rifles you're going to try after the buff, or do you not like scouts anyway? I have a curated vouchsafe roll that um, I've really wanted to use, and now that I have a good roll on a Dust Rock Blues, I can justify running some energy primaries. Obviously, the Dust Rock Blues, even at its best, is not as good as Escalation Protocol Shotgun. Uh, well, nothing's as good as the Escalation Protocol Shotgun, not even powerful exotics. But... Um, that uh, that gun is pretty much the only scout I have right now that I have any interest in because it's got a nice curated roll on it. I ha- I was trying a Nameless Midnight in the last run. It was fine. I just really, really don't like running old guns. It just doesn't interest me. Dr. Death Games with three months. How did I get here? Thank you so much for sticking with me for three whole months, dude. That's a blue badge. Welcome back to the Rageless. So, for now, that's what I got. Now, for a while... Um, I, I, I don't have, mainly if I was going to run a scout, I want to run it as kinetic because I do have, if I remember correctly, I do have some other scout rifles in the energy slot. What's it called? I have the cut and run. I know for a fact, I've got some good rolls on the cut and run. Um, that might be worth using. I had some really good ones with like outlaw and Genesis uh, that if you're running a strike and you're trying to stay more back, like let's say you're going for a high score and you want to kind of stay back with your energy weapon to pop shields, that cut and run might be really nice with Genesis because you could pop those shields and then get that, get you know, get your get your your clip uh, refilled and then you know continue on. Rocket launchers with Genesis are actually really fun in strikes because you can pop those shields of those majors and literally it just puts another rocket like right in the chamber. It's actually kind of a cool. Uh, perk specifically on rockets. Now, again, that's really specific. Not a lot of people are going to be using rockets in that way. But if you have on heavy ammo finder and heavyweight, I mean, that combination in strikes usually leads to a lot of heavy being on the ground. So, uh, but again, scouts, nothing, uh, not a whole lot in my toe right now that I want to really try out other than that vouch save. Uh, Mick Car- Mr. Cartoon. Hey, Lono, do you think... The max light without doing the raid should have been 580 and doing the raid to 600. Once you're 580, you can do most content in the game, and this would give raiders that feeling, the one raiders of having highest power. We, I actually don't agree with this, um, and I haven't, I haven't agreed with this sentimentality since King's Fall. The trophy for endgame content is gear, not max power. Okay, max power, in my opinion is the natural trajectory for everybody playing the game. 
So if you're playing Destiny, max power is just the natural trajectory. You put in enough time and you level up, right? You should be grinding the raid, nightfalls, or any endgame content for the best loot. Maybe you want a god roll chattering bone. Like your god roll is a certain roll. Maybe it's not the uh, maybe you're, you're not really interested in the the curated roll, right? Maybe you're interested in something else, you know, some other version. Like I'm actually not that happy with the curated roll of the chattering bone. I shot my teammate with a thousand voices. Uh, that's a death sentence. But that's really what you should be going for. The reason that everybody got so attached to being like, well, the raid should be for power level is because Kingsfall had garbage gear. And so the only real reason people were running Kingsfall was because it was to get to max power. So like hitting max power was your trophy. You're like, yes, I hit max power. And if you want to hit max power, it's virtually impossible unless you run the raid. Well, then the April update came out and all the hardcore players pitched a fit. They were like, you just made hitting max power so much easier. And I'm like, why on earth do you care if other people are hitting max power? Like, if you have a Fatebringer, that's supposed to be your badge of honor. A Fatebringer, a Vision of Confluence, Vex Mythoclast. These were things that mattered during the Vogue. Not like, oh, I'm max power. I just, I don't know. To me, it's a number on your on your emblem. That's all it is. Like, once you, once you get past certain deltas, I don't even care about hitting 600. Have you seen me grinding milestones to try to hit 600? No, because I don't freaking care. It has no bearing on my experience. You know what has a bearing on my experience? Getting dope gear. That's why I was grinding for a God Roll Dust Rock Blues for PVE or a God Roll Ether Doctor. It's, you know, it's a fun auto rifle. That's why I'm, gr- you know, grinding for this Warden's Law. JD Champ with a brand new sub. Welcome to the Rageous. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. Guys, remember when you sub to this channel, you get ad-free viewing on my channel, so you'll never see ads if you sub. That's a nice thank you that I, uh, I appreciate you subbing to my channel. So, to me, I don't care if people hit max level without running the raid. Now, obviously, running the raid is a very intentional way of leveling up because it's endgame content and you get multiple drops. And if you if you have a really good team, I still think with the respect of leveling, you're getting a decent kickback on your ROI as, a, as, a, as an endgame player, as an endgame raider. Uh, two months of subs from Freudian Slippers. Thank you so much. I like that name. Um, welcome back. So for me, it's like, you're still leveling up quite a bit faster. Quite a bit faster than the guys that aren't running the raid. I promise you people that are hitting 600 before everybody else did so because of the way that the raid loot pool is just such more, uh, so much more of a dense... It's, it's just a very, very dense drop rate of high you know, high-value, uh, powerful rewards as compared to just running milestones each week. Like, ask the guy running Gambit and Crucible, you know, if he feels like he's going to level up faster than the guy that in the same amount of time can run a raid with his team. Like, it's not really a fair comparison because the time investment and then getting, like, what, a one-light-level bump for Crucible? I, I, you know, you're just... You're not going to see... You're not going to see, like, people hitting 600 with ease with the same efficiency of people running the raid. Um, so, uh, I got the 600 two weeks ago and never had a raid completion. Ran the first few encounters every week, but never had a completion. Still don't. Yeah, because you ran the raid, though. I don't think you would have hit 600 as early as other people without running the raid. I think, like, 
you're kind of maybe giving a leveling tip to people. Don't so much, and I told this to people too. I said, you know, don't worry so much about like getting all the way through and beating Riven. Riven is a big time investment for some teams. It might be more well worth your time to focus more on the first two or three encounters and then getting your other characters doing the first two or three encounters. And then after you do that, pivot to all your milestones. You just bolstered all your milestones and you didn't throw away three hours at Riven to get one drop. Like, let's be honest. Riven is the big time investment for most teams and you literally get one drop now obviously they put the 1k voices in the Riven you know treasure room on purpose because a lot of teams man I think wouldn't give a freaking rip about killing Riven based purely on time investment based purely on time investments like you can literally be in there for what feels like an eternity and you're getting one drop Now, personally, I think with respect to design of the raid, I honestly think that's problematic. I don't think you should be beating literally the hardest part of the raid and getting one drop. I kind of think that's bullcrap. If you like, that's just, that's just my honest opinion. I mean, you're getting, you're getting, it's, it's not all things are created equal. The Riven fight and the Morgath fight and the and the and the vault are not equal. So their loot drops shouldn't be equal. Well, you can get the 1k voices. Yeah, but once you have the 1k voices, you know, or and then if you don't have the 1k voices, it's like that's really the only reason to run Riven. I don't know. Personally, I think you should get a drop from killing Riven and the key, and then you should be able to go use the key for another chance at loot and the 1k voices. I that's that's my opinion. I, you're basically doing two encounters and getting one drop, and one of the encounters is basically the hardest part of the of the last wish raid and you don't even get anything for killing ribbon you get a key like i don't know that was very anticlimactic in my opinion uh cobras cobras says do you feel people are overreacting to the masterwork core issue when the ability to acquire mod comps is much harder i don't know what they did to mod components but it seems like they're a whole lot easier to get when you're grinding a lost sector now that could be that year one blues have a high likelihood of breaking down and giving me mod comps but i was grinding lost sectors and i would say probably one in every 10 blues when i broke it down was giving me mod components excuse me so i I, I think the mod component drop rate does need addressed unless they've already addressed it kind of like with a ghost hotfix and to your question are people overreacting no i have an entire talk about masterwork cores and we talked about it last night i believe that the mastery of an item masterworking an item is the capstone it's like this is the best version of this gun this is the best pair of gauntlets this is what i'm going with i'm going to mastery i'm going to masterwork this that should take a while the the low drop rate of masterwork cores is in line with that function that's a rare less frequent function infusion is not about leveling it isn't you level up even if you don't infuse you just have to equip the gear i hate this sidearm sucks well if you equip it it raises your power level right so leveling doesn't require infusion infusion is just about rhythmic player volition well i'd much rather use this hand cannon or this pulse rifle that i got i don't want to use this sidearm well sorry you know we added we added a layer of you know, economic pain to infusion that is attached to an economy that has a drop rate that is attached to mastery. 
Like, Masterwork Cores and Masterworking Guns is Mastery. Infusion is Rhythmic Player Volition. They are so thematically different, tying them to the same economic source is stupid. And now it's like, oh, well, we're going to do it uncommon cores and make them more accessible. Great. So once people get into the 590s, you've now made mastery easier. You've made it, it's going to be a more, a more rapid process. It'll be, it'll happen faster for people. That is not, that's not ideal because you're tipping the scales at that point. Why? You have two completely different thematic player choices attached to the same economy. Split the economy right down the middle and this problem goes away. It goes, it goes away. Like, call them infusion cores. Give us the bounties to chase them. Awesome. Empowering player decision, empowering player choice and volition. And then keep masterwork cores where they are. Uh, Duke... Uh, Elorphins uh, with three months of subs. Keep up the good work, Lono. Best place to lurk and learn. Thank you so much, dude, for three months of subs. That's a blue badge. So in my opinion, that was the right approach. I don't disagree with 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 the people. There's a lot of people who disagree with me, and there were there were people that were really uncharitable about it and like insulted me and everything else because you know people are immature and insecure. I didn't I didn't result to insulting anybody. But when that's what that's the route that you take, you're showing that you're just an insecure person. Like. In my opinion, when you look at it, it's like, yes, infusion shouldn't be free. It should cost something, and it does cost something. And if you attach it to something called infusion cores that you have to go do some bounties for, you're keeping that intention in place. When you attach it to an economic source that is shared between two completely different actions, mastery of an item, a capstone, I am done with this gun, and rhythmic player volition of, I would like to use this gun, I don't want to use a freaking edge transit, those two actions are so diametrically opposed, attaching them to the same economic source is illogical and dumb. So... I, that's this situation was so much more easily solved but I think people were more interested in defending their position rather than defending sensible game design so and I think anybody that formulates an argument about it never goes to the length that I just did they're like oh it should be infusion should be costly cool that's an assertion not an argument like make a logical reasoned argument like I just did about why it should be attached to the same economic source because nobody's made that argument Everybody just says, it should be costly. Okay, that's an assertion. Uh, It shouldn't be costly. That's my assertion. Cool, we're just saying our opinions? Like, are we going to make arguments or just assert opinions? Because that's all most, pretty much everybody that I interacted with about this just asserted opinion. That's all I saw. So, Hmong. Should we be able to pick a weapon or armor package for, like a D1 milestone? Yeah, I, I addressed this in my talk. I would love to see, like I said, the milestone split down the middle, and you could be like, the Gambit milestone this week is for a gun, the Flashpoint milestone this week is for armor, and you're going to go for the armor because that's what you're looking for, or you're going to go for the gun because that's what you're looking for. Like That's adding a layer of player volition, as well as shrinking the loot pool a little bit so that you can increase your odds of getting the drop that you might need which makes players feel, I think, more empowered and more rewarded for their time. Like, if I'm going to go and run Crucible five games, that's not a short endeavor, and knowing that I can do that and, and, and like, get armor, well, then that makes it worth it. But going through five games of Crucible and throwing that time away because you give me a freaking kinetic gun that I do not need, I mean, that just feels like you're disrespecting my time. That's not... A powerful ingram. A powerful ingram is what is something that is supposed to level you up. And targeting my highest item 
does the exact opposite. It does not that. You just threw my time away. You, d- you did not. You did not level me up. You threw my time away. So, I think this is this is well in line with things they did before, and it doesn't create that lack of like excitement. Where you need boots. Well, it doesn't mean you're going to get boots. You may get a helmet or a pair of gauntlets that maybe gives you a small bump, but at the very least, you had player volition over what you got. And, you know, if they if they stay away from targeting your highest items and at least target items where you get a big bump or a small bump, at least you're getting some sort of a bump in your power level so you don't feel like your time is being disrespected. Uh, Genk says, Do you think if Bungie should keep Masterwork cores and have Uncommon cores, they'll split it up? Masterwork cores keep their drop rate and how we get them. Uncommon cores for infusion... Uh, yeah, I mean, I literally just talked about splitting the economy. Yeah, good question. I mean, you're you you were you're 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 literally along the lines of what I'm thinking with respect to sharing the economy is really the problem. The problem is not the assertion that infusion should be costly. The problem is a shared economy. It just doesn't make sense. That's that's the issue. The issue is not that. I'm, nobody argued for infusion to basically be free. Well, just let me push a button and infuse. I never once in the in the in the discussion has have ever seen anybody asserting that. Nobody's ever asserted that. It's been no, like it's just too costly. It's just such a simple action, and you've made it too costly by attaching it to masterwork cores. And hardcore players and streamers betrayed their bias by being like, no, the only way to make it costly is to attach it to masterwork cores. They're basically saying, I have zero problem getting legendary shards, glimmer, and planetary mats because I'm a hardcore player. Therefore, the economic pain only lands on me if you attach it to Masterwork cores. Well, that is a that is a bias-laden opinion then. You're not you're not you're not representing the player base at that point. You're representing your experience and your economic standing. So you're you're you of course don't think that it's painful because none of the other economic requirements touch you. It, do, it literally doesn't touch you. It's like, I, I don't I don't have to go farm for anything but masterwork cores. So that's a very that's a narrow portion of the community. I don't think a lot of people are sitting on just piles and piles of stuff. So splitting the economy is, I think, the absolute uh, best solution. So, uh, the next question is coming from Toasty Chips says. What did you think about having the Petra Raid powerful drops be more targeted versus the more traditional weekly milestones being less targeted? Placing a higher emphasis on the pinnacle activities for good power increase. Um, I mean, this could be an iteration on on what I said, right? Brain. This could be an iteration on what I said because you could basically say, well, if we're going to give you the chance to choose on what you get, well, that we're only going to put that in pinnacle activities. We're not going to put that everywhere. Right, I could see that. I could see that argument and saying like, well, we don't want to just give you free reign over choosing like what each activity is going to give you. Again, I said split it down the middle. You're kind of getting at what I'm saying though. Like rewarding players for their time is a good thing. You're just saying only give people this level of, of volitional choice in the in the in the highest level content. And I agree with your logic, but I don't necessarily know if that's needed. And here's why. The people I have in mind that need help are the people that are not running raids. They're just trying to play a couple hours a night, maybe, right? You're offering this as a solution would help players like me, 
and players that can raid regularly and I got news for you we don't need help leveling up people at this stage of the game that are raiding regularly are in the 580s 590s 600s and they don't need this kind of volitional help it's the lower end spectrum lower end engaged players that need help and this is a solution for literally basically no one now would this have been a nice solution in the beginning I mean, maybe. I, I don't feel like the, the length of time that the hardcore players took to get to max level was that stretched out. I feel like it was I feel like it was pretty appropriate, honestly. I mean, we're running endgame content and a month in, people are, you know, three weeks to a month in, people are hitting 600. That feels like a pretty appropriate pacing to me for hardcore players. Um, so... I have in mind the players that play for smaller amounts of time. Again, I don't want to make it just a linear exercise where they just grab powerful engrams and just level up like it's nothing. You still want to have that RNG excitement and that like, oh my gosh, I got what I needed. Um, I think I think that's a good feeling that you don't want to take that away. But I also think on the other end of that spectrum, you have... Uh, you have the people that literally just feel like they can't level up because they just keep getting bad drops. Like I said, my 10 ingram example in a row, that's somebody's entire week. And I, I just don't want that happening to a player that came back and loves Destiny and Forsaken recaptured them. You don't want players feeling like, yay, I'm back and I can't even do the most basic thing, which is level up and go into harder activities. Rodeo Clowns, why don't we have the option to change our Guardian's facial features or cosmetics? Because uh, that's not super important. I mean, it might be to you, but if I'm honest, that's not a really, really major important piece of Destiny. Also, you you do that in the beginning and make your Guardian, and then after that, usually people put their helmets on. They wear their, you know, the helmet everywhere thing is... I bet you if you looked at the at the community, 8 out of 10 people have their helmet on everywhere. Because their armor looks way cooler than their derpy face that they designed 9 months ago, a year ago, whatever. Or some of us way longer, right? If you're still playing on your Xbox and you brought your characters over, I mean, you designed that character 4 years ago. Um, so, it, you know, the, the face... And, and honestly, the, the facial options and stuff are are so not that cool anyway. Uh, I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't even think, you, well, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you guys, you could change your tattoos every once in a while. Uh, but other than that, I feel like it's not a huge, huge front burner issue. There are far more important things to do to this game for its longevity. And it's, you know, it's, it's end game player investment motivations than to give us the ability to customize our look. Um, that, that, to me, is a, a fringe issue. Uh, Luis, Ropado, uh, Luis Ropado says, How do you know what is dropping in the powerful engrams? You don't. You don't. And I was, I was sort of uh, perpetuating the idea that we should be able to kind of choose what we get. And that would be kind of cool. So, five months from a seal. Thank you so much for five months of subs. One more month and you'll get the purple badge. Thank you for almost half a year of support. I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, welcome back to the Rages. Uh, next question. I've been trying to get exotics, but I haven't gotten any. Why is that? Exotic drop rate is intentionally very low. It should be very low. Uh, the 30th of October, there will be an update. 
to make it so when you finally do get exotics to drop, you're going to get less year one drops. Uh, it's pretty frustrating to finally see an exotic drop and get really excited, pick it up, and it's, you know, a freaking sunshot or something that you've already gotten. They're going to fix that on the 30th. Now, to be clear, I don't think that means exotics are going to start raining from heaven every time you kill a, a strike boss, but if you would like to do an exotic farm, the best thing to do is to throw yourself into the strike playlist and throw on a Boon of the Vanguard and throw on a Fireteam Medallion. I would strongly recommend that combination uh, if you're farming for exotics. There's not much else you can do to affect drop rates and to influence your chances for exotics. There's literally nothing. There's no Three of Coins. Um, there's nothing. Now, people, I mean, there are some people that are saying, I literally haven't gotten an exotic yet. Um, I know Paul Tassie has said that he thinks the drop rate is, you know, too low. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he's pretty regularly tweeted and might even have an article about how, like, it's just way too low. Like, if you've played for a month and you still haven't gotten one, that's, you know, that's, that's absurdly low if you're putting in a lot of time. Now, I, I have put in a ridiculous amount of time, and I've gotten three. I've gotten the uh, the One-Eyed Mask. I got the Phoenix Protocol chess piece for the Warlock. And then I got the 1K Voices. Um, through Fire and Blood? Isn't that a Gambit weapon? Oh, I got a Warden's Law. And it's not the Curated, so that's good. Ah, oh, Snapshot Hipfire. It's a garbage roll. Dang it. This is a gambit weapon. Oh, no, it's not. Is it? This is the one they just added to the perk pool, isn't it? I'm sorry, to the legendary pool. Didn't they just update today and say this is going to be one of the the heavies that'll start dropping instead of an edge transit? I'm pretty sure that was one of the ones they listed. Tattoo Evolution. How's the scout rifle update? Does it feel better now? Yeah, scouts feel a whole lot more viable. Scouts are a whole lot more viable, and it's not a gambit. It just it's its little preview window looks like a gambit weapon. They added that to the loot pools of heavy. I mean that look at that. It's got the metal with the wood handle. Actually, let's take this off. Are you sure that's not a gambit weapon? At the very least, it has the gambit aesthetic. Look at the wood and the metal. That literally is the exact same default skin as the trust. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool that's got added to the loot pool. You know, I don't know if it's base stats or better than the Edge Transit, but... Um, what's your favorite weapon type? I think my favorite weapon type is a Pulse or a Hand Cannon with Outlaw. I love it. There's just something feels good about a... Uh, something feels really, really nice when you have a Hand Cannon or a Pulse with Outlaw. I really, really enjoy... Uh, those those weapons. There is something real crispy about hitting those headshots and seeing that really fast reload on a uh, on a pulse or a, a hand cannon. So people are saying check collections. Yeah, let's check collections here. So if we go to weapons, well, it'll be it's just gonna be in there now. Yeah, through fire and blood. And then there's the swarm of the raven grenade launcher. Oh, that's an iron that's iron banner. 
Yeah, I don't know. It looks... It does... It, it just... It has the Gambit aesthetic for whatever reason. That's weird. Uh, the Wild Racer Cat. Was anything said about Masterwork Cores? There was a free a previous Bungie blog where Masterwork Cores are going to be more easily obtainable through bounties and they're going to be renamed Uncommon Cores. Uh... Poker noob, how many runs did it take you to get the 1k voices? I'm on my 12th and nothing. Dude, I mean, you want to talk to somebody who hasn't got one? Then talk to nothing. He has 12 runs, just like you, and doesn't have it. So you and him can be best friends. I got it on my fourth run. Don't hate me. Sorry. I got my my first run through done before Tuesday to order the jacket. And then on my third run after reset that next week, I got one. So... Sorry. I it it's just a low drop rate. I mean, I they may have even lowered the drop rate. I feel like people were getting them a lot more frequently and now it's not. Um so Kaze Shyam, uh what is the advantage to put your high power weapons on your lower level guardian? Okay. So what happens is is let's say your lower level guardian has all of his armor is in the 550s, right? And you've been playing on your Titan, and your Titan is higher power level, so every time he's been getting weapon drops, they're pretty good, right? So you hand a bunch of 570 weapons to a 550 Guardian, and suddenly that Guardian's power level goes up. It's no longer a Guardian that's like 555. Maybe you're like 560-something. When you do that, that affects the drops for that Guardian, that guardian is going to get drops in relation to their max potential power, not their armor power. So those 570 weapons are going to raise your average. It's like you got a bunch of low scores on your tests, and then you had three tests in a row that you got A's on. Those A's raised your grade average, right? It's the same idea. Those three pieces of armor are like A pluses. They raise your average, which raises the drop rates of your powerful. Um... To clarify, on Destiny sets, it's not showing Gambit has a grenade launcher. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, it's that is the aesthetic of Gambit, right? It's the same metal, it's the same color, it's the same wood. It is the same aesthetic as the Trust, for whatever reason. It just isn't in the Gambit loot pool. That's, I mean, I, we don't know why that decision was made, but it's undeniable that's the Gambit aesthetic. Like... that's weird right I've never seen a vanguard weapon aesthetic anywhere on anywhere but on gambit weapons I'm sorry on on vanguard weapons just the nature of how they've always done it a subtle calamity has been dropping all day for me so weird Uh, Bowersock says what are your thoughts on the possibility of return of the icebreaker with when black armory comes out in December I don't care about the icebreaker as long as they say it can't generate ammo in the crucible. They're going to have to make sure that weapon doesn't go in and disrupt the ammo economy. Because don't sit here and try and pretend like that would not become the literal meta on sniping maps. It would be so pesky, especially if Trials comes back or especially in the competitive playlist. Because folks would literally just... That's all they would run. They would just sit on lanes with Icebreaker and get ammo by just sitting there. That That's problematic, and that's freaking annoying, and that's what happened in the late stages of D1. Icebreaker became meta because they mess with special ammo economy. And 
Nobody wants to play a game that has its special ammo economy tuned to keep that crap from happening. Like an abundance, an abundance of power of powerful weapons showing up, right? Like the the shotties and stuff. Whenever they were like, yeah, they're showing up too much, so we lowered the the presence of that ammo. But then you just get right around that balance and say, yeah, it's fine. I'll just make my own ammo. You know? No, I don't care if Icebreaker comes back. Icebreaker's not going to unseat any of the guns in the game that are already dominant just as far as exotics go. You're not going to put your sleeper or your 1k voices away so you can run some stupid sniper that generates ammo. They'll have to retool how the gun works if they expect anybody to use that thing in PvE. Ain't nobody putting away sleeper 1k voices or whisper for a, a, a gimmick weapon. Oh, it makes ammo for me. Yeah, so the frick what? I'm. I, when have you ever seen me not have ammo in this nightfall? I have ammo finder perks on that basically ensure that I always have ammo. So, I don't know. I don't think Icebreaker is going to be... Icebreaker only really, really mattered and was heavily influential in PvP because it subverted all the have all the ammo economy updates they made like when people would do the sidearm cheese it's the same it's the same idea so next question uh, says how long until the festival an hour and a half uh, 1 p.m. eastern is when that happens today is october the 16th a spencer uh, for someone who doesn't get to play too much maybe an hour a week what would be the best power grind just straight to the powerful drops I don't know what power level you presently are. If you're strong enough to do Dreaming City, Petra's stuff just tends to be the most helpful. Her stuff tends to be smarter, like it does. I had a better experience always with her powerful engrams. I felt like they always, not always, but very, very often, I felt like they were targeting my lowest pieces of gear, which provides you with the biggest jumps. Um, also, even if it doesn't target your lowest gear, those pieces of gear, uh, those powerful engrams, are larger jumps. They're always larger jumps. It's it's an area that is higher power level, so it, it naturally then gives you bigger jumps. Like, if you're doing, like, your dailies and stuff, those are really quick and probably worth doing, but don't expect big jumps from your dailies. Your dailies are usually only one above... Um, whatever it is you're running. So. And again, with heavyweight on and, and heavy ammo finder, like, I, I, I just was now getting down to one shot of heavy and got heavy back. So again, I just, I don't think Icebreaker making ammo is going to be enough to make anybody give a crap. I just, I don't think anybody's going to care that much. Um, and we just got a full auto outlaw, accurized rounds, right side of wrong with a masterwork of reload. If you like the go figure, the right side of wrong pulse rifle is the exact same gun. It's just in the energy slot. Cirrus, the gamer live. What does D2 need most for the next DLC? Weapons, activities, raid layer? Uh, better perks on guns so that people stop using Midnight Coup, Escalation Protocol Shotgun, and the Sleeper. I want better exotics and I want better perks. Um, there's just not enough. There aren't enough perks in the game to justify justify chasing a lot of the weapons uh you get a certain gun with outlaw and rampage and you don't really need to get another gun in that in that class so it'd be cool to see i think fusions need help snipers need help and snipers and fusions need help in pve um 
I think SMGs need help in PvE. Uh, currently, SMGs use kinetic ammo, don't they? I feel like they should be using energy ammo in PvE to justify an increase in their lethality. Because um, they do shoot really, really fast, and if you were ripping through your ammo really quickly, but getting a nice bump in, in the damage efficiency of an SMG, that would take the weapon into a much better classification, I think, for PvE uh, efficiency and usage. I think the reason people don't use it is it's a freaking kinetic weapon, so it's just like, why? You know, why am I going to bother putting this weapon on and basically pea-shooting something, you know, just really fast, I guess. But if you basically cut, like, an SMG's ammo in half and the high fire rate was like, oh, man, I just ripped through all my ammo, my all my energy ammo, but the payout was... Kind of like an Escalation Protocol shotgun. You rip through your your energy weapon ammo with the Escalation Protocol shotgun, but it's worth it because you get a crazy ton of damage. But personally, I think SMGs just aren't, they're not classified properly to ever get PvE usage. And I know people use them in PvP. I mean, watch Ogre 2. I'm pretty sure he's just still rocking an antiope. You watch him use an SMG in PvP and it's like, oh my gosh, what the frick? Like, it's like watching somebody perform magic unbelievable um and then as somebody else in chat is saying maybe even look at bows right so fusions and snipers need buff because they're energy weapons that are heavily underrepresented a lot of this has to do with the escalation protocol shotgun but some of it has to do with the fact that shotguns are just incredibly strong overall uh i was out i was outpacing pretty much any other weapon that tried in the raid test that we did yesterday with the Dust Rock Blues, the only thing that could outpace it was like exotic power weapons and obviously the Escalation Protocol shotgun, but like exotic weapons like the Merciless uh, snipers and stuff like that w- couldn't even keep up with a kinetic Dust Rock Blues. So, shotguns in general are in a class all their own, which wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't basically like you could you could touch every boss with the tip of your barrel, giggity. I mean, you can literally put your shotgun on every boss, practically. Um, so, those are some things I would like to see from future DLC, because, as it stands right now, nobody really cares. There's not really any reason to run for God Rolls. People are like, well, Lono, you can use whatever you want. Just use whatever you want. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know that, but... The hobbyist pursuit of a god roll is usually motivated by a sense of optimization. I'm going to get this god roll. It's going to be the best version of a hand cannon or, or the best version of a hand cannon for me. Or this is the best version of a pulse rifle for me personally. And doing that and grinding for that, it, the, the reward's pretty soured. The reward is pretty soured when it's coupled with a weakening of your loadout. Like, wow, I got this Horror's Least Pulse Rifle from the Corrupted Strike and uh, the Nightfall, the Corrupted Nightfall, and it's a God Roll curated 10 Masterwork loadout, and when I put it on, I have to take off my Escalation Protocol shotgun, so I take my damage efficiency and I I cut it, like, way down to run a quote-unquote God Roll weapon. And so I think that incentivization, that endgame loot pursuit incentivization is really, really hurt by an imbalanced weapon meta right now. Some guns are too weak, and one gun is particularly way too strong. Waxter94. Why do you think Bungie was so against elemental primaries? My friends say it would break the game, but I disagree. Um, 
We technically already have elemental primaries, but in the energy slot, I just don't see an issue. Thoughts? Yeah, you're in good company. Your friends are wrong. Your friends are 100% wrong. It wouldn't break the game. It wouldn't. It would make going into a nightfall a whole lot more fun. You could put on match game, and you could be like, I got an arc primary, I got a solar secondary, and I got a void heavy. Like, all three are represented. Rainbow burns were so much fun during D1 when you could have every element represented in your gun loadout. It isn't going to break the game because the only reason that elements exist is to break shields. That's it. That's it. So empowering the player to be like, oh, there's a void shield. Let me switch to my X. What's the matter with that? Because what do people do now, right? Oh, it's solar burn? Just put on all solar and just run through everything. Oh, the Nightfall's got match game? Well, the, no, you don't even have to p- play a Nightfall with match game. Right? You do that with the challenge card. People Putting on match game for the extra points, almost every time we've run it, I'm like, no, match game's just slowing us down. Turn that crap off. Once you're, once you're high power level, you can get most of the, you can get most of the extra damage needed for a high score just by, literally just by handy, power handicapping yourself. That's a far better way to get points than to, uh, than to put on match game. Match game just slows you down and then that just hurts your, your score efficiency. Now, if I could put on match game and have one of every element type in my gun, how does that... I just don't understand how that breaks the game. The player is empowered to dismantle shields on enemies. Yep, broken game. Oh my gosh, it's so broke. Because elements on guns are so influential over literally nothing. So, <laughs> I I don't have a problem with it. Bungie would obviously have to be careful about if they did this. Like, you wouldn't want a, a dust rock blues or some really insane shotgun you could put in your primary. You wouldn't want the um, you wouldn't want the shotgun perfect paradox or Hawthorne shotgun or, or the like. You wouldn't want them to be void because that would basically allow you to run a tractor cannon and then a primary shotgun and ultimately bring back. Not you obviously wouldn't have trench barrel. That would basically give you the ability to match the escalation protocols. Uh, lethality, because I believe it's a 50% to void and a 33% to everything else. So, oh no, you would actually, you'd actually bypass doing it that way. Wouldn't you bypass the, the damage of the Icolos? Because the Icolos is 33% now. So that means that you could get more damage if you went tractor cannon and then got out your void shoddy that matched the archetype of the Icolos. Um, raid bosses and strike boxes rarely if ever have shields so energy weapons have no technical use in those scenarios right like they just and people would be like they would have to retool how energy and kinetic weapons work right now because kinetic weapons get more damage on non-shielded enemies like you're not supposed to use an energy weapon on a non-shielded enemy you're supposed to be using a kinetic they would obviously have to change the way that that functions you know once an enemy shield is busted it would just register as regular old kinetic damage um, so, elemental primary should come back to the game 100%. It wouldn't hurt anything. Juice box. In D1's April update, arguably one of the saving points of D1, they had the ability to select armor or weapon from the vendors. So we know Bungie can do it. Would you prefer selection per activity? And you'll turn in. My issue with your idea is that weekly bounties for Crucible are a similar bump uh, than Weekly Clan, which is a smaller bump from Petra. Sorry for the book. 
I don't know if I understand the last half. I was just saying it would randomly select milestones each week. So Gambit would not always reward you with a gun. Some weeks the Gambit milestone would reward you with armor. Other weeks it would reward you with a gun. So each week you would probably kind of change what it is that you're focusing on because, and that's dependent on your character too. Like, this character doesn't need any armor, so I'm going to go get all the milestones that are guns. Uh, so, that if it was random each week, you would be always doing different activities and kind of shifting according to need. Because eventually you do get to a point where you'd probably want to farm for guns. If you're 600, you want guns, man. You want weapon diversity. You're, you know, you're not necessarily creating mountains of... Uh, loadouts of armor that's usually not a thing that people are doing you get a couple of good pieces of armor with the perks you like and you just roll with that um you're not really needing infusion fuel for uh for your armor it's usually your guns that you want and again it's just it's really all about player volition it's it's about player volition and player choice that's 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 what it's about uh, it's not about letting people just completely bypass RNG or get everything that they could possibly need. Um, it's about giving players more volition over what's going on. That's all. Detective Dablet, do you think Bungie is causing an illusion that we need to rush through the game by pushing out new content in four months, hence the tweaks made to make leveling easy? I don't understand why you would think four months is a pressure to rush. Um, that's a quarter of the freaking year. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think this is a strange sentiment given that four months is a lengthy amount of time. Now you might be able to say what you were saying with respect to the raid launch, but not with respect to like annual pass content coming out four months later. That's lengthy. And I think that's totally appropriate pacing for content deliverables. Uh, Space Spiffman. Are Nightfalls the only way to get uh, Hermione Blossom for the Lost Prophecy Forge weapons? I actually don't know the answer to this. I would use Google. Uh, Aop112. Could you give a quick explanation for a blueberry that is having trouble understanding the differences in terminology when saying curated and god rolls? Are these both personal perk references? Thanks. Thanks. That's actually a good question. You see how these are outlined in gold? Um, you might have a hard time seeing because it's a smaller, it's a smaller sample. Pink Floyd with nine months. Thank you so much. Uh, that's a stream baby. I'm gonna go into the horrors at least, and you can see here it's a ten masterwork. Okay, and you can see here I cannot choose any other perks for this weapon. Okay, that is a curated role. A curated role is a predetermined role by Bungie. They made that role for that gun. So when you're farming for a horror's lease and you see it drop with that gold outline indicating it's a 10-level masterwork gun, you didn't have to do the 10 levels of masterwork. It came that way. That's a curated loadout that you can't go in and select any different perks on. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you a different version of um, a different version of what might be considered a god or a good role, right? God or good role is subjective, so this is where we're going to get into the subjective, because some people want certain roles over others. 
Some people might look at a curated loadout and think, I don't like that loadout. Like the chattering bone in the raid, I think the curated loadout's dumb, and I want a completely different loadout. And that's my preference. So for me, the quote-unquote god roll is not always the curated load, the, the curated loadout, all right? Let me show you. Here is the curated warden's law. It drops 10 level masterwork. Look again, I can't change the perks. Fourth time's a charm, rampage, ricochet rounds. Here's the warden's law that I'm presently using. Outlaw, zen moment, and then right here I can actually pick my perks, and the masterwork level was a two when it dropped, okay? What, so when someone says curated, that's something you have no control over. When that roll drops, it's always the exact same roll. It drops with 10 levels of masterwork, and those 10 levels of masterwork didn't require you to spend anything, and the perks are predetermined. The other non-curated rolls are random, and that's where the term god roll comes in. Someone might say, Nation of Beasts is a hand cannon from the raid. Curated, it drops Light Mag, Outlaw, Dragonfly. Uh, I was playing with Harry, and Harry was like, you don't really need Dragonfly. Outlaw pairs better with Rampage. So his contention would be that the god roll Nation of Beasts is a Outlaw Rampage roll. I would probably agree with him, especially once you put on the targeting adjuster mod to increase the likelihood that you are getting those headshots to get Outlaw to proc. Outlaw proccing with Rampage is really nice because it, it keeps you from losing Rampage. So when you're, you know, you're, you're blasting through ads and getting Rampage, being able to swip, swip, like reload real quick with Outlaw is going to keep your potential use of Rampage on the table. Um, so he's probably right. Like the influence of Rampage over ad management, you know, Dragonfly is nice because it kind of stuns everything and they certainly have made it a bigger area of effect. So either role is great, but for him, the God role is different than the curated role. So I hope that answers your question. There's, you know, there's a lot there. Uh, a lot, some of its preference curated roles are not a matter of preference. They're a matter of fact. It's literally just a predetermined role. Um, so, next question. Nightjet, if your fire team opens all 24 chests at the end of the raid, is someone guaranteed to get a 1k voices? Um, I actually don't know the answer to that. So, I don't know if this has been tested on Reddit, if anybody's looked at it and said, you know, this is the absolute best way, uh, to, to make sure somebody gets a 1k voices, because it's in there every time. I don't know if that's been tested. Uh, Keltec 4 with 14 months. I know you got a lot of hard for your, uh, heat for your pin on EP shoddy, but I have to agree. Thanks for always giving honest and fair criticism of the game. Thank you very much, dude, for 14 months and for saying that. Hmong says, uh, how should how should Bungie update the planetary... Uh, hang on a second. We're actually having to fight this guy. I must have missed some of my, uh, my shots. I'm probably going to die! Update other planets to make them relevant. At this point in the game, it seems weapons are very limited in terms of each type. Uh, there seem to be one to two guns per RPM type. I don't think that's accurate at all. I don't think there's one to two guns per RPM type. I think that's false. I think that's inc- that's very, very narrow in its summary. Um, I think with respect to just the weapons, the new weapons that we've seen, 
added on to the old weapons that are continuing to drop as well. I think there's like three to four per RPM. And then there's, there's, and then within that, there's energy versions and kinetic versions. So as far as making planets relevant, it's hard because you can only do so much within a given archetype. Okay. So how many 110 hand cannons do you really want in the game? Okay. Do you want a 110 hand cannon for every planet? So then it looks like it's from that planet. Okay, neat. What does that gain you? Well, personalization. I can go farm for that hand cannon on that planet. I can grind for the same role that you got, but I uh, I want this one because it looks a certain way. Or maybe it's got a certain base stat that's a little bit higher that makes me want to go for it, right? Now, I argued for contextual power in a previous video where you would want that 110 hand cannon if that was maybe your favorite archetype, right? Um, you may go for that 110 hand cannon on that planet if it offers contextual power. Maybe it's slightly stronger or gets some type of a benefit when you use it on that planet. Just got a Zenobia D with, uh, it doesn't have cluster. Um, the Zenobia D and that, uh, that grenade launcher that we got, they are definitely now dropping. I just got the cold heart catalyst. I'm telling you, they increased the catalyst drop rate. Uh, two months from Fluxic, dude. Thank you so much, Fluxic. Welcome back. So, you could have guns dropping. Like, let's say you really, really like the the Chattering Bone archetype. You love a pulse rifle that's a 450 RPM, and there's one on Titan that you think just looks awesome. And when you get it and use it on Titan, maybe it's slightly stronger on Titan, like a 5% damage buff. Well... That level of contextual power is minimal enough to not break the game, but it's high enough to maybe make you feel like, you know what? I'm going to go for that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a, I want to get that. uh, I want to get that gun on every planet, you know, that, that would be the only real reason that people would be motivated to go for that. Silent, are you coming back or should I ask for somebody to fill the slot? Uh, next question. Firewall. Do you plan on soloing the Shattered Throne this week? No. Uh-uh. Um, now that you're at Power 600? No. I mean, if it's significantly easier to do at Power 600, I may consider doing it. Um, but I'm I'm not... I don't... That's just not how I... I that's not how I tend to operate. Um, I tend to be... I tend to be the... I just want to play and grind. If anybody wants to join me, send me a friend request. If you're in my clan, uh, the Rageous Earth clan or on my friends, let's just join. We're doing speed runs with Solar on the Warden of Nothing strike. So, um, I, it, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to tentatively say no. This doesn't really interest me. Geritol Gamer says, this is a two-parter. One, why does Bungie despise so much that I get edge transits to drop powerful gear? That was just updated. As you've already seen today, I got the through Fire and Flood and Zenobia D. Those would have been edge transits previously. Those would have been edge transits previously. So they've changed the legendary loot pool uh, for heavies. They've changed it to include more uh, more guns. So that, that, should, that should stop. Uh, that should stop. Uh, I'm not dropping frames. I didn't drop a single frame, uh, according to OBS. So if you drop frames, that's on your end or on Twitch's end. I have nothing's happened on my end. 
Um, checking the mobile device right now, I'm not seeing any evidence of drop frames. CR Gunners, what do you think about for a sa- Oh, wait, hang on. That was a two-parter. Number two, I'm currently 533. What should I be running to get myself to 560-580? Your milestones. Um, uh, just do your milestones. Do your... Do Dreaming City activities and your milestones. Dreaming City offers more, more like bigger jumps. If you can stand, if you can stand going to the Dreaming City at five three three, you might be too weak, really though. Uh, Cr Gunners, what do you think about Forsaken having contained Warmind and Curse of Osiris for free one month after Forsaken's release? I got, the, I've gotten this question before. Uh, I've gotten this question before, and I think it's fine. I think it's normal value degradation of a product. Uh, the iPhone gets cheaper a year later. Uh, when demand goes down, price goes down. That's usually very, very typical of entertainment value degradation. If you buy a season of a show or a movie at $20 and then like a month later it's $15, whatever, you know, however they, they price it. Uh, whenever it first comes available for digital, it's like really expensive or maybe purchase only. Things like that are normal. I don't think it hurts anything. Uh, if anything, they're, they're getting more people to play the game and you're getting free in-game stuff. So anybody who complains about that, I think is, I'm, I mean this with love. I think you're kind of nuts. Like, why would you care that more potential players are put into the player pool? And because of that, Bungie decides to tip a little, uh, tip a little coin your direction and give you some cool in-game stuff. Um, so, yeah. No. Geritol, I said that you you shouldn't be getting as many edge transits anymore because they added this gun here through Fire and Flood and Zenobia D. They added that to the heavy the heavy portion of the legendary engram, so you should see a lot less edge transits. Uh, and already today, I've I've already seen those drops. So there's there's already a clear a clear difference in the drop rate. And then I said if you're wanting to level up, if you can stand going to the Dreaming City and being a little bit weak, because I think at five three three you're under leveled for Dreaming City. Dreaming City has uh better drops like their powerful engrams tend to be uh bigger jumps so it, as soon as you can start grinding dreaming city grind dreaming city like if your time is limited each week that was my answer to you uh cat says oh, i'm definitely gonna die i didn't die and the third eye mask saved me uh since the summit at Bungie last year, one of the things that were voiced, that was this year, by the way, one of the things that was voiced was give us something to grind for. Do you believe that Bungie has met that goal with Forsaken? They have given us things to grind for. God roll weapons, specific locations for weapons. I love the fact that there's like lost sectors now with weapons. I think that's really, really freaking cool. Um, I love that I'm grinding a Nightfall for a specific weapon and a specific roll. It takes me back to the Imago farm days. You know what I'm saying? I believe they have successfully done that. However, if you go and you watch my Ikelos shotgun problem video, you will see why this incentivization, I believe, breaks down because grinding for god rolls, grinding for the best possible rolls is an incentivization that lands on hardcore endgame players who are trying to build and run optimum builds. And it doesn't feel very optimum to equip an energy curated pulse rifle that I got from the corrupted nightfall strike awesome gun but as soon as i put that on my my god roll weapon is is murdering my damage efficiency like murdering it 
The difference between a loadout with the EP shotgun and a loadout without it is dramatic. Like, dramatic. And that's a problem for incentivization. So they have successfully added tons of things to chase. Random rolls, mods, mastery, all great. I would love to see more perks and more perk diversity. As I've already said, more perks on snipers, more perks on fusion to make them viable and exciting. Uh, and again, I think SMGs could afford to start showing up as energy weapons, so you could justify an increase in lethality for SMGs and PVE because they would then have less ammo. Uh, you'd rip through their ammo a lot faster if they had the energy ammo economy treatment. And I think that'd be cool. I'm not necessarily arguing for that for the Crucible, mind you, but I think for PVE we could see that. Um... So they're there. They're, they're, this is the best that Destiny has ever been. Let's be clear. As far as loot pursuits, the game's never been in a better place. Not even in D1 was it ever as good as it is now. So much to chase. So many good different things in roles. I think the curated role is one of the best iterations on the god role like pursuit. I think it's a great iteration and evolution of chasing roles. I love that they did that. Random roles in the raid, huge bump up for loot pursuits, right? It's just now that we're there, it's it's time to keep digging down and iterating and saying, how can we make these pursuits better? Uh, how can we make these pursuits more meaningful and more exciting? Uh, King Boomstick. Uh, what's say no to rage favorite Halloween candy and favorite horror movie? I, I, I enjoy a good horror movie. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite horror movie. The new Halloween actually looks really, really good. Um, and most recently, I really enjoyed A Quiet Place. I thought that was a great uh, a great scary movie. Uh, I thought it was well-directed. I thought John Krasinski did an amazing job uh, for his debut uh, direction, like his directional debut. I thought it was, it was very impressive. Um but I'm not big on like scary movies, so it's hard for me to like rack my brain and say, yeah, 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 this one here in particular is 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 my favorite scary movie. Uh, as far as favorite Halloween candy, I'm not a big candy guy, man. I like peanut butter M and M's. That's like my go-to. If I'm gonna get candy, that's my go-to candy. I think they're superior. They're the superior peanut butter candy. Uh, and after that, I actually like candy corn. I know a lot of people don't like candy corn. I don't get all the hate on candy corn. Uh, candy corn with, um, candy corn with honey roasted peanuts, like you mix them, is actually really, really good. So, I pooted says, what kind of mods would help bump SMG infusions to be more viable? Yeah, I've already said, I feel like SMGs need a huge damage buff, and then to justify the damage buff with the fire rate, you would turn them into an energy weapon that then would have limited ammo. So pulling that thing out and ripping through a major or pulling that thing out and ripping through a boss would make sense because it would be like ripping through a boss with EP shotgun. I've got 21 shots and if I empty 18, I just took out an entire chunk, like one one third basically. I just took a third of my ammo on that, on that boss, right? SMG should function the same way. If an SMG has you know, 40 rounds in the clip, if, if you convert it to an energy weapon, then it would have like 120 bullets. And if you rip through that 40, you know, 40 rounds on a boss or a major and you get really great damage, well, you just rip through a third of your ammo. So that ammo efficiency is going to weigh in on your decision making in the same way that it does for Escalation Protocol shotgun. As far as fusion perks, I think we need more perks that do 
um, damage multiplier for subsequent hits. So every it, it it should almost be like rampage, but it should be like a hit rampage. As long as you hit them, you get a you could call it coil coil rampage or something. I don't know. Where as long as you land damage with the fusion rifle, you're getting some version of rampage. So you're like boom, 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 and it's like the merciless, but instead it's a damage buff. So you just keep firing, and as long as you keep firing, if you're good with the weapon, eventually it starts to match the lethality of some of the best energy weapons. Again, again, if we say, oh, make a legendary fusion rifle that matches the lethality of the Escalation Protocol shotgun, that's problematic because the Escalation Protocol shotgun is stronger. Um, It's stronger than all of the exotic power weapons. So if you start making other legendary weapons stronger than energy uh, uh, powerful exotics, that's just more power hierarchy imbalance that doesn't even make any sense it's like I, there's there's too much to be said about Ikelos shotgun causing just illogical power hierarchy in the game if you start raising other weapons to that power hierarchy the game becomes very confusing why am I able to get a fusion rifle that's stronger than sleeper or 1k voices what you why am I able to do that like what's the logical reason we've never had that setup the only time we've had an energy weapon that was stronger than exotic power weapons was the original black hammer and surprise it was nerfed it was nerfed like fighting lion just got nerfed why to rein it into other grenade launchers like its type Gee, that's interesting that a gun was an outlier within the power structure of that weapon type, and because it was an outlier, they reined it in. Gee, what a concept. Like, literally everything I've argued for with the EP shotgun. It, it, it's it's literally in the game and has been in the game since Black Hammer got nerfed. Uh, LPI. Have you heard of the new Black Weapons coming in December? Yeah, apparently there's a new weapon type coming in December. Maybe again, this is how we unseat uh, EP shotgun. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a, a a weapon type that, you know, maybe you can't, maybe you can't have an exotic on when you're using a black armory weapon type. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to, you know, put it in check because if these weapon types are going to be, you know, potentially stronger and cooler or whatever than existing weapons, how are they going to limit their usage? Maybe with the the ammo, maybe with, uh, you know, I don't know. I I don't know how they're going to do it. So, oh, I got armor instead. Clock is ticking down, man. The clock is ticking down. I think we can get heavy on arms. Yeah, so we don't want that. Solid. Clock's ticking down, and we can't get another one. We've only gotten one to drop so far, and it was a really bad roll. I really, really want an Outlaw Rampage, and we're down to an hour to keep trying. Uh, BT Bay. I don't get to play as much as I would like to. Will the season pass activities like Black Armory be time-gated? I don't want to miss out. No, absolutely not. It's paid content. That's paid content. They're not going to charge people for an annual pass and then be like, oh, hey, by the way, you better hurry up and play this. Uh, can we add momentum? We can add, yeah, we can add momentum because you're running it pretty fast. You're running it pretty fast, Milo. Throw that on. Um, did Money Magic say he's got to go? Oh, okay. Money Magic has got to take off. So if anybody is on my friends list, Milo's friends list, or in either of the clans that we're in, um, 
You can join because money's got to go. Next question. Gray Cats. What do you think about being able to build your own god roll weapon? It could be part of the Black Armory, for instance, one weapon of all types available, and you go out and you grind for materials, earn perks, barrel sites, etc. I'm never going to support building your own gun. Uh, I'm never going to support building your own gun, and I'm never going to support re-rolling. The reason for that is that pulls away that pulls away significantly from weapon grind. Okay, and I've talked about this before. There's two types of grind. There's investment grind and there's RNG grind. Investment grind is when you're like, I'm going to go for a certain material so I can use that material in this thing. I'm going to invest in this thing, right? I'm going to dump these materials like masterwork cores. I'm going to ma- that's mastery, right? That's an investment grind. RNG grind is when you do what I'm doing right now. Nightfall, 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 nightfall. Over and over and over and over again. Hoping that RNG drops the version of the weapon that I want. I think we have a great mixture of those two things. You can grind for... You can grind for the the god roll weapon that you want. And then once you have the one that you want, then there's the investment grind to mastery. Uh, re-rolling, did you not ask for glass needles this week? If you can't understand the difference between reforging and re-rolling every weapon in the game to glass needles for armor, Dauntless, if I have to explain the difference to you, I I, I feel like you're, you're being willfully combative. Like, come on, bud. There's a huge difference between re-rolling an incredibly stupidly low drop rate on, like, Skull Fort. I have no way to go and get this Skull Fort. So re-rolling these perks so I don't have, like, Orpheus rigs with primary ammo finder, that's far and away, like, hugely different than re-rolling a gun over and over and over again to get a god roll. Not the same, like, at all. Because of the drop rate of the item and the lack of intentionality in going for the item. I shouldn't have to explain that to you. You're, you're, uh, you're at a level where you don't need that, that difference explained to you, man. Like, for, for real. Two months from Pot Xavi 31 Thank you so much for two months of subs. Um, difference between reforging and re-rolling they're both the same word they're both the same word glass needles was something that you could only buy from Zer, and you could only do it on armor you could only do it on armor there's no intentional grind for skull fort or orpheus rigs or anything like that there's intentional grind for weapons right but if I could just get one Warden's Law and stand in the tower and reforge it, that's not the same at all as being like, I finally got the One-Eyed Mask, man, and it rolled with perks that I don't want. Rerolling the One-Eyed Mask doesn't, doesn't hurt Loot Pursuit, because there is no Loot Pursuit for One-Eyed Mask. Rerolling Legendary Weapons hurts Loot Pursuit, because there's Loot Pursuit for these weapons. There's a, that's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. Um, Juicebox. Sorry about the noise. My, If you hear that on the microphone, my kids are above playing with toys. Juicebox. Update on my uh, precious question. I think he means previous question. We know that certain powerful bounties provide a smaller bump as your power level rises. Weekly bounties were capped at 520, while clan bounties capped at 550. Capped means you only get the one point upgrade instead of the 5 to 10. Right. So when you do... You know, a weekly, it's like one above your power level. Right, exactly. So if weekly gambit is armor, it is still a smaller bump than the clan bounty. I would prefer to choose instead of having the game's RNG decide what I get. 
Okay, again, this is where if I give you too much player intentionality, I actually think it's a detriment, right? Too much player intentionality is a detriment. And the reason I'm going to say that is because you're basically turning leveling into just a matter of transaction of time. What you're talking about right here isn't necessarily bad, but I'm going to explain what the net what the net loss is. In my opinion, if you do this, you're losing that sense of I really need boots. Yes, I got boots. Now your pushback might be, well, I'm going to go do the bigger jump and pick armor and I still might not get boots. I might get the bigger jump on my helmet and that might not really help me. So it would maintain that excitement, right? Sure, I would probably agree with your pushback, but I would also say you're basically giving the player the ability to bypass so many milestones and ignore so many milestones simply based on the fact that like, I'm just going to go to Petra and clan and go for the big ones and just choose armor, right? For me, for diversity of content and diversity of content engagement, it would make more sense to say, randomize it every week. So you could get really, really excited, right? You could get really, really excited and be like, yo, this week, one of the big milestones is armor. I'm going to boot up my guardian that needs armor, and then I'm going to go do the big ones, right? You're going to pivot, like, maybe you have one of your guardians needs weapons, right? So then you're going to be excited when there's big ones for the weapons. Like, do you see what I'm saying? I, I think that lack of intentionality is good because it makes you celebrate... It makes you celebrate the good ones. Yo, J Post, thank you for 29 months, dude. I appreciate that, man. Welcome back. That's a long time. There's something about celebrating and seeing like, oh, this week's burns are great. Oh, this week's nightfalls got the thing I want to go get. Oh, this week's blah, 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 blah. Celebrating that, that randomness, I think adds a special sauce that you lose if it's just a matter of going where you're like, oh, this is the biggest one and I'm going to go pick armor. So... So I'm pushing back on your idea a little bit. I think you're taking the intentionality that I was promoting and you're you're stretching it a little bit further than I would want to take it because I think that is I think it would result in a net loss. And the net loss would be there's just less of that that elation of this is the thing I needed, this is the activity I needed to be armor this week. There's less elation and celebration and it's more of just like a transaction of time. I think you I think you rob the game of some of that mystery and excitement when it's just a matter of going where the best stuff is every single week. No lives left. Do you think it would be better if the strike specific weapons were in heroic strikes but a lower chance? So people who may not be able to do the nightfall have a small chance to get it. Man oh man, what a well-timed question with what I just talked about. No, I think you're again lowering the drop rate, sure, but you're taking away that that elation and that celebration. Yes, Warden of Nothing this week. Boom, I'm going after it. Bungie has already met you in the middle, man. They've already compromised. They give you three nightfalls a week. They give you three nightfalls a week, meaning the interval between when you can chase it is a whole lot shorter than it used to be. I Again, I was just literally last question just talking about this. So this is such a well-timed question. Too much intentionality takes away elation and celebration. Because it's there, there is no, oh sweet, it's this week for thus and so, I'm going to go after thus and so. It was, like the, it was like when I talked about my faction rally ideas, right? I wanted to maintain some sense of urgency. 
when there is some sense of urgency, I don't know, like, I feel like that adds something to the game. I feel like that does something. I don't know, I, there, there's something special there, though. Menacing Mommy. Do you think that maybe the Ikelos shotgun should have been upgraded to an exotic rather than put in the energy slot? Yeah, here's the thing. I think they misfired. If you want my honest opinion, I feel like they misfired. They created a weapon at a time where we wanted power, right? And they gave us power. The change to the tractor cannon was ridiculous. The Ikelos shotgun was ridiculous. Um, there were so many, there were so many really, really fun builds, uh, because of what they did, right? As soon as you take the Ikelos shotgun out of that context and slap it in the energy slot, and they barely nerfed it. I mean, let's be honest, they barely nerfed it. Dropping trench barrel down to 33% from 55, that ain't much of a hit. Like, let's be honest. So, it's a power weapon that's still functioning as a power weapon. Like, even the people that are like, it's fun, Lono, don't take my toy away from me. If you're honest, if you if you have, if you have just a shred, just a shred of intellectual honesty, you have to be honest and say it's functioning as a power weapon. It's it's out it's outputting more damage than power weapons. It's it's unmatched. It's unmatched. Like, it's still functioning as a power weapon. Why? Because in its initial design conception, it was a power weapon. We've never had, we've never had a shotgun like that before. So it was a brand new concept. And as a new concept, we've got unintended consequences. It was born and it's evolved. And now it's kind of like, this isn't really how this is supposed to work. Like, you know, so... Same with Telesto and Crucible. Right, the Telesto and Crucible, it's an energy weapon that you always spawn with ammo, and it's a one-hit kill weapon. So, like, that's why they're outlawing it in comp. They're outlawing it in comp. Why? Because it's functioning as a power weapon in the Crucible. Crucible is kept in balance by saying, if it's a one-hit kill weapon with a low skill ceiling, we're slapping that in the power slot. Well, Telesto's broken then, because it's a one-hit kill weapon... You always spawn with ammo. That rhythmic presence of ammo is causing a problem. It needs to be addressed. I don't know if Telesto needs to be slapped down into the power slot, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how to fix Telesto, because if you make Telesto a power weapon, nobody uses it in PvE. At least it's viable in void, in void burn PvE content. Right? I would hate to see it nerfed uh, to be pretty much useless. Listen, I said this yesterday, okay? If you look at... If you look at the power weapon structure right now, there's the highest potential damage of a power weapon, right? Those are coming from exotics. That's how it should be. If you look at energy weapons and you say, what's the highest possible power output? It's obviously Ikelos. The problem is, that's not even true within the energy weapon spectrum. It jumps out of the energy weapon spectrum and it bypasses even the power weapons in the game. And that's a problem because that's that's not how the game is designed. 
you go to power weapons. So basically, I don't want Escalation Protocol shotgun nerfed into Oblivion either, but you should look at, here's the highest energy weapon damage, that's at, and it should be lower than power weapon damage, right? Here's the highest energy weapon damage, and you rain it down to that. Another pair of gauntlets, dang it. You rain it down to that. That's not nerfing it into Oblivion, that's bringing it into a sensible position within the power hierarchy of the game. If you had a hand cannon that was doling out the damage of a Galahorn, people would be like, Bungie, this is stupid. You're, it's it's breaking PvE content. People are running through Blind Well. People are running through Strikes. People are running through Nightfalls and Raids. And they're literally... And they're literally just killing everything with a hand cannon. It's, it's exceeding the damage of that piece of the power hierarchy. Kinetic energy power. That kinetic weapon, if it was doing more damage than the Galahorn, would suddenly jump to the very, very bottom of the power pool and say, oh, it's the strongest, right? Power weapons are kept in check by a slow fire rate, slow reload, and an infrequent ammo presence. There's less ammo for them. So as soon as you have that level of power in a kinetic or an energy, it breaks the balance of the game because ammo is more prevalent and you have more of it to begin with. So it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't function properly. Romora, if you haven't already been asked this, just got here. Do you have any thoughts on the fact that the new festival gun will be locked at the maximum power level you have? So Forsaken 600, Warmind's 380. Uh, I don't care about that. If you haven't ordered, if you haven't ordered or played Forsaken, if you haven't ordered or played Forsaken and you're playing Festival of the Lost, and you're playing Festival of the Lost, um, and you're bummed that you're capped at power level, I'm very, very sorry to say this. I don't give a crap. <laughs> Why should you be hitting power levels that exceed the content you purchased? That doesn't even make any sense. Oh, it's free content. Yeah, and you get to play it, and you get to play Festival of Lost, and you get to pursue that gear, and that gear exists within the context that you live in. You live in a non-forsaken context. I'm sorry to say, I, I really am sorry to say this, those players don't matter. If you're still playing Destiny a year after its launch, a year and a month after its launch, and you haven't bought Forsaken, I really and truly don't care about your experience being diminished by what? A lack of power that doesn't exist in the context that you have chosen to live in. You've chosen to live in a non-Forsaken context. You've chosen to live in the Curse of Osiris or the Warmind or the Vanilla Destiny context. Why should you get access to power like levels that you didn't pay for it's an expansion it increases the level of the player it gives you new places to go it gives you new things to do these are all things that are part of the dlc that you didn't pay for so win 12 uh i have yet to do my sleeper quest is the light level drop of the gun static i have no idea when you should do sleeper uh donye west have you heard about the 1K Voices FPS damage glitch? Yeah, they addressed, um... What did they address? They addressed one of the one of the supers. It was the... The, the, the arc... The arc beam? What's the arc beam super? They said lower FPS uh, versions of Destiny were getting diminished results of damage from that super. So when the, the Warlock's popping Chaos Reach, is the name of it, when the Warlock is popping Chaos Reach and... You know, I'm just roasting that arc beam on a boss. They were getting less damage because of lower FPS. So console users should see now an increase in DPS from Chaos Reach Super on an Arc Warlock. Um, 
and that means then they should be able to fix 1k voices too it's probably just not it's it's probably not prevalent right now on their radar because 1k voices saturation in the in the in the community isn't the same as the saturation of a subclass that basically everybody can unlock so um i don't think i think chaos reach was a higher pro uh higher priority than 1k voices because 1k voices is probably a very very small percentage of the community People trying to use Chaos Reach, it's, pro- it's probably a pretty good number of people. Um, so, it needed addressed before. That means they can fix 1k voices, though. Firewall. I think the discussion about RNG farming versus choice comes down to how people want to play the game. I asked earlier if you wanted to solo Shattered Throne, and you said you prefer to grind for things instead. I personally dislike grind and... Uh, like challenging activities that guarantee rewards but are a pain in the butt to complete do you think bungie can cater to both audiences to capture the attention of the different types of gamers uh and it and do you think they will steer in one direction i think they're already doing this um i think they're already doing this if you look at things like shattered throne i i think that's the beginning of content like that i think there'll be more content like that if you look at the titles and the length of grind that it takes... Oh my gosh. Oh, it went through the train. Interesting. Your grenades can go through the train. If you look at the length of time needed to grind for titles, uh, it's pretty significant. So I feel like you get to do that thing that you like doing, and so do I. There's a ton of weapon pursuits in the game. Uh, Random rolls on raid guns. There's lost sectors I can go into for certain guns. There's nightfalls for certain guns. This is a uh, this is a spectrum of player solution that you're getting at that I kind of think we already have. I think we need more things like Shattered Throne. So a player like yourself feels like there's more than just titles to chase. I think PvP has that. Broadsword, Lunas Hal, and Not Forgotten is there for that. Uh, this is a pain in the butt. This is going to take forever, but doggone it, I'm going to go after this type of player, right? We don't necessarily have that in PvE to that degree. We have the Malfeasance. Fortunately, that gun, from what I've heard, isn't that fantastic. It's a little disappointing given the nature of getting it is, uh, isn't is super isn't super easy or intentional. Now, they're going to make it a little bit more intentional uh, with the coming update to the drop rate of the boss. But this is another reason why I said we need a raid NPC or... Uh, you know, the raid NPC, you can basically say, okay, I'm going to run the raid a thousand times because I want to go after that thing that they're going to give me. Something tantamount to, tantamount to the Lunas How Broadsword Not Forgotten grind. I believe we need that for the raid with a raid NPC. And then you and I honestly would get both the things we want. I like grinding and you would be like, oh, frick, this is going to be a pain in the butt, but look at this awesome weapon I can get. That's kind of a middle ground, but I think it gets at what you're what you're wanting and what I'm wanting. Added on top of all the existing things I already talked about that we both kind of get to enjoy. Uh, Exo to Hunter. Would it be better to ge- decrease the time on Trench Barrel from 5 seconds to 3 and damage down uh, to down to 25%? I, listen, I don't know what the solution is, but what I said yesterday, I kind of touched on a little, a little bit ago. Okay? There should be a ceiling on energy weapon damage potential, right? There should be a ceiling. That ceiling should be should be placed on a spectrum, 
and that ceiling should be below the damage potential of legendary heavy weapons, right? A legendary heavy weapon, DPS of like a rocket launcher or a linear fusion or whatever, right? It should be above the ceiling of an energy weapon, uh, a legendary energy weapon. It should be above that, right? That's just natural. That's just natural and logical. Why is that fair? You have more ammo for your Escalation Protocol shotgun than I have rockets. So naturally, my rockets, if used properly, should be able to net me way more damage uh, than you, because it's different. It's different in the hierarchy. Um, so I don't know. Like to me, to me, if they couch in that way. Uh, then then energy weapons would land in the mid-range for majors. All energy weapons then go to crap? Name me energy weapons that aren't crap right now, then. What energy weapons are you pulling out and being like, oh, yeah, what a strong fusion. What a strong sniper. What a strong SMG. Like, what energy weapons aren't crap? They're all crap, right? So there's a bigger problem than just EP shoddy. Like, I know everybody wants to defend their EP shoddy, but just back up for two seconds and realize that there are no energy weapons that are worth using. They aren't. They need to be raised in lethality to land in that mid-range. They can shred a major. They can help with boss DPS, but they're not the go-to boss DPS, right? But they need to be raised in lethality and EP shoddy should be lowered to represent pinnacle energy gear, not pinnacle gear in the entire game. Did you say Tel- uh, did you say Telesto's getting taken out of comp? If so, how do you know? No, 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 like the sweat tournaments. Like, it's not getting taken out of comp, but like when the sweaties are doing their tournaments, they're outlawing Telesto. Because it's functioning as a power weapon in the energy slot. So, yes, they are, you just don't use them. You didn't name any, so I take that as a concession that there are no energy weapons that are that are that are pinnacle energy weapons. There are no pinnacle energy weapons uh, with escalation protocol shotgun in the game. There just aren't. There just aren't. So we showed that yesterday. We showed that yesterday with math. We showed that yesterday with math. There, that, that that argument is over and done. Like you don't have to concede for that argument to be over and done with. Mathematically speaking, there is no energy weapon that is pinnacle with escalation protocol in the game. Escalation Protocol Shotgun is stronger than exotic power weapons. End of discussion. There is no discussion. That's math. You are factually wrong. It, it, there, there's no discussion. There's no discussion. You showed it situationally? Yeah, and it's a situational... It's, it's a situation in the game that's 90% of the content. So again, you're factually wrong. You, you had to go to Arc Singe Match Game Nightfalls to claim that there was energy weapons worth using over over Escalation Protocol Shotgun. Some narrow fringe example. 90% of PvE content, Escalation Protocol, lands on those situations. Every, we literally listed every boss. Every boss, every raid boss, every gambit boss. You have to go to the most narrowest examples. You are straining at a gnat to prove a point. You're just straining at a gnat to be like, see, here's an example. Arc Singe Match Game Nightfall. I'm going to use my Arc Shotgun over EP Shotgun. Dude, for frick's sake, wh- what? 
most of the time, if I'm in a really hard nightfall, like if I've stacked my card with match game and I've made myself weak and for whatever reason I've chose Arc Singe, I'm not going to be running up to enemies with an Arc Singe shotgun anyway. I'm going to be sitting back with a scout because there's no benefit to running up to them at that point. And you had to go to a boss site that doesn't fight back, allows you to pop a rally barricade. Okay, so now you're making the mistake of attacking our method. Our method was a means by which getting clean damage numbers. You're attacking our method of science, which again, you're misunderstanding why we did that. We went to that encounter to have a clean damage cycle to say, best possible ceiling of damage, EP shotgun is king, okay? Then go to every boss in the game. Every boss in the game, I can run up, punch, and EP shoddy into oblivion. I'm not kept from doing that. Oh, will you use Rally Barricade? Yes, because we were trying to get a large sample of damage. We wanted to empty the Escalation Protocol shotgun weapon as fast as possible because tons of bosses in the game allow you to do that. Again, you're attacking our method and you're not answering my question. Other than an Arc Singe Nightfall, other than an Arc Singe Nightfall with match game, where are you going where you're, where Escalation Protocol shotgun is bad and not pinnacle? Where? You, 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 no, nobody listed any substantive amount of content. Nobody. Nobody. And you never do that? Sure I do. Every time I play Gambit, every time I run a strike, every time I attack a major, every time I fight a public event boss, every time I fight a, a, a lost sector boss, I get out my Escalation Protocol shotgun, punch, and bam, 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 and that pain point is removed from the game. Like that. I use this, that's all, what are you talking about I never do that? That's all I use this gun for. The only reason that I use 1,000 voices in this fight is because I'm sacrificing, I'm sacrificing my ability to do EP shoddy just so we can get melting point on right away. I could do the same exact thing. I could go up, wait for the stun, melt and melting point time it to where he doesn't stun me and I could EP shoddy him and I'd get more damage than the, than the 1,000 voices. You never empty reserves? Again, you're, again, you are misunderstanding the argument, Eugene. You misunderstand the argument. Emptying reserves on the 1K voices is cheating because it takes forever to do that. It's a DPS discussion, and then you leave the realm of DPS and say, yeah, but if I empty the reserves, I'll get more damage. No, you won't, because once I empty my Escalation Protocol shotgun, I can do other things. I mean, you emptied reserves? Again, you're not engaging with what I'm saying. You're playing, you're, you're, you're acting like I'm in a batting cage instead of playing tennis with me. Hit the ball back. Stop throwing a new ball at me. We emptied reserves and we used a rally barricade to test if we completely use the best possible escalation protocol shotgun scenario and somebody else in that same window of time uses a really, really strong power weapon. Can those two match up? And they didn't. You're not understanding the science of what we did. You're attacking the science. The science was sound. Empty the EP shoddy. What is the maximum amount of damage this gun can do with a rally barricade and trench barrel on a stationary target, right? What's the maximum, okay? Then compare that in that same window of time because it's a DPS challenge, right? We're, com we're comparing DPS damage per second. Here's the window of time. How much can the Merciless do? How much can the Sleeper do? How much can the Whisper do? It was a comparison of DPS and Escalation Protocol wins every single time 
oh, it's a stationary, a stationary enemy that you can punch. That's every single boss in the freaking game you can do that to. There isn't content where EP Shoddy isn't king unless you have to strain at a gnat and say, well, if you throw on Arc Singe and Match Game and honestly play like an idiot, well, then you can do a, ba- a Badlanders better. Again, if I throw on Arc Singe and Match Game, I'm trying to go for a high score and I'm probably pretty, pretty weak. And I'm going to use a Scout and not a Shotgun. Again, because strategy in that scenario wouldn't even justify charging somebody with a Badlander. Again, that was your only example of content. Nobody on the other side of the fence, all the people ripping me a new one on my YouTube video, all the people that disagreed with me on Twitter, nobody has shown an ounce of PvE content worth its weight where Escalation Protocol Shotgun is not king. It's king everywhere. Well, the whole, it's, that's a game design problem. No, it's not. Every other weapon in the game is in harmony with the game's design. EP Shotty's not. Gotta out Axide Factors to push EP down and buff other Shotties up. Makes absolutely zero sense. You gotta add outside factors to push EP Shotty down and buff other Shotties up. Yeah, that's what I mean. You have to create incredibly narrow scenarios to even make EP Shotty not the best choice. Yes, from a pure DPS situation, a full auto, 100 rate of fire shotgun should output more. Why? Again, that see Eugene, that's just you asserting your opinion. Why should, in a DPS situation, why should an energy weapon have the ability to surpass an exotic power weapon? Why? Make an argument, not an assertion. Asserting your opinion that a 100 RPM rate of fire shotgun should be able to out DPS the 1000 voices. Why? There are no other shotguns in the game that can do that. That we've never had this situation. Why? Stop asserting it and argue it. Because in most actual game situations, you may empty an entire mag into a target that's 8 shots. I can get the same damage from a Badlander with 10.6 shots. Oh my gosh, you're going back to that? Like, no, that's not true. Like, again, you didn't even engage with what I said. Why should a gun in the energy slot be out DPSing powerful raid, uh, powerful exotics? Why? They are the pinnacle gear for damage. They always have been. They have limited ammo. They have slower rate of fires. They have slower reload. Why? Because that's what you do with high damage weapons. Pump shotgun in Fortnite is the same principle. It does more damage, a higher ceiling of potential damage. So what do they do? The rate of fire is lower and the reload is lower. That is, ba- that is weapon balance 101. If a weapon has a crazy ceiling of damage on each shot, you keep it in check by saying it's going to shoot slower and reload slower. So, 1,000 voices, if it shot as fast as an auto rifle, would be broken. It'd be like, choo, 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 choo. It would output too much damage too quickly. It would be silly. The gun is then kept in check by its rate of fire and its reload. Why? It's supposed to be the strongest weapon in the game. You take that logic to any other weapon. Oh, here's a high rate of fire auto rifle. Because it's high rate of fire, it should out damage energy weapons. Why? That's just an assertion. I'm just asserting opinion. 
why should a high rate of fire uh, auto rifle outdo energy weapons? Its high rate of fire justifies a weakening of the damage. Why? Because it can shoot at such a rapid rate. That's why SMGs in Fortnite and, and other high rate of fire weapons in every game in existence, high rate of fire weapons get what? They get less damage per shot. Why? Because they can shoot so fast. Like, that's the, that's the natural logic of every high rate of fire weapon in every game. Look at look look at SMGs, right? Look at auto rifles. Their high rate of fire and their damage goes down with the rate of fire. Look at snipers. Look at snipers. If a sniper can shoot faster, what do they do? They lower the impact. Look at pulse rifles. If a if a pulse rifle can shoot faster, they lower the impact. They lower the impact. But your contention is that a high rate of fire shotgun should do more damage than an exotic power weapon. Say what? Huh? Wait, we just left all that logic and just threw it out the window. You just left all that logic and you threw it out the window. Doctrine, Grasp of Malak, SMGs, every high fire rate gun in the game was kept in check by damage that made sense for that archetype. The Occam's Razor was not meant for damage on a boss. Why? Its it's impact was low. It was good for clearing out uh, captains. It was good for clearing out a captain. That's it. You weren't going to run up to Atheon or any other boss and be like, nah, dude, yeah. High rate of fire shotguns, they should outpace the damage of a power weapon that's exotic. No. No. But suddenly we're saying that for EP Shoddy, not based on argument, not based on reason, not based on logic, based on the fact that you like the gun. That's what it comes down to. We've never argued for a high rate of fire weapon to outpace damage of archetypes that shoot slower and output more damage, whether it's the Whisper, the Sleeper, or the 1K Voices. The argument has always been, if something shoots really, really fast, you're sacrificing damage. I'm not actually sure how I died. Um, that's just always been the logic of Destiny. That's the logic of every shooter in existence, is that when you have a high rate of fire weapon, high rate of fire weapons sacrifice damage. In this scenario, the highest rate of fire gun in the game, except for maybe like what shoots faster than this, like, you know, SMGs, as far as like just emptying the clip, right? How fast you can empty the clip. Oh, we cannot get it to drop now. I got another one of those through fire and bloods. Like, the speed with which you can empty the Escalation Protocol shotgun is almost unmatched, and and yet it has the most damage. That's, that's illogical within the framework of every shooter that you've ever played. So again, logic, reason, and good argumentation for good game balance goes out the window because everyone's in love with the weapon, and they don't realize that it is a complete outlier within the framework of all shooters everywhere. So... We're going to end on that. I didn't mean to come back full circle and discuss the EP shoddy debate, but it really does touch down on so many questions that people have. It really does touch down on why new weapons in Black Armory, new weapon types, new energy weapon types, new energy perks 
are never going to be any, they're not going to be meaningful because you have a shotgun that's stronger than exotic power weapons. So unless you inject the new content with new gear and perks that continues to upset the balance of power and says exotic power weapons are weaker than all these new energy weapons. Oh, there's a new fusion rifle. There's a new, uh, there's a new sniper rifle. These are all stronger than exotic power weapons. That's just backwards and illogical. They should fit within the framework of power. They should fit within a ceiling of damage on energy weapons that's sensible so that way power weapons are still power weapons <laughs> so as with all of my content I'm going to continue streaming I'm not shutting down the stream we're going to stick around and check out Festival of the Lost so don't go anywhere those of you that are watching live if you're listening on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage or you can uh, follow me on Twitter at say no to rage as with all of my content I appreciate you listening or watching please like share and subscribe